Don't Cause a Ruckus is a completely fan-produced show of the fan-controlled sports and entertainment network. The first ever open-source professional sports league controlled entirely by you, the fans. If you'd like to watch live, tune into our Twitch, YouTube, or social media channels every Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Now, it's time for Don't Cause a Ruckus with AJ Kaw and Jose Ruckus. What's up, Internet? Welcome to Don't Cause a Ruckus, the sports debate show that tries not to take itself too seriously. I am your host, Jose Ruckus, and joining me, as always, is my good friend and arch enemy, AJ Ka. What's up, AJ? How you doing today? I'm, I'm all right, man. Uh, you know, I just came back from a, a wedding. Uh, it was, it was, it was, a, I'm going to be weird. It was weird. I'm going to be real. The wedding it was, was weird. weird? Yeah, it was a weird situation, man. Uh, he was a okay. I'm gonna put a quick, long story in perspective for you and the listeners. Okay. Uh, oldest friend. This is literally the guy I've known the longest out of anybody that I'm still in contact with. Uh, we always like joked that we'd be part of each other's, you know, party. I wasn't picked this time. Cool. Okay. Not a big issue. Uh. A lot of speeches were made with like he chose somebody that we grew up together. It was like three of us. There's even a picture of us as like the the three amigos when we were like ten in Cancun with sombreros. Very cultural appropriating. It was it was not great. I'm gonna be real. Uh, he was picked to be a part of it. Cool, whatever. Terrible speech. He gave a horrible speech. Whatever. Uh-huh. Fine. The thing that got me that was weird was so. I wait a while to see to say hello. It's his wedding, obviously. So there's ceremony. Then you got to eat. And then everybody's saying hi to him afterwards. So I give him his time. And it's like while everybody's dancing and he sees me across the way, he like comes at me like he like a brother from war. Like he hasn't seen me in a long time. Comes, gives me a hug. And uh, yeah, he he gets so emotional with his hug his eyes start welling up he acts as if he hasn't seen me in forever and uh you know then his like new wife pulls him away instantly he's like we gotta go we gotta go and like you know of course it's like congratulations this that, the other. while he's like hugging me and embracing he's like where have you been all day and i'm like dude it's your wedding you have hundreds of people paying attention to you like i, I i'm one of like 200 and then yeah like his wife pulls him away don't see him the rest of the night. Haven't heard from him since. So I'm like, that was a weird <laughs> that is like, weird. interaction. So I'm still kind of reeling from that. Um, also, I'm going to say this too. My fiance has been uh, toying with the idea of doing a polar plunge. She's going to visit her family up in New Hampshire and stuff. Okay. I don't think she's going to do it. I really I don't. Yeah, there's no reason to. But... Uh, if she does, I, I want her to videotape it. She said no. So I know that like uh, my mother-in-law, Gretchen, and like I guess she's like my aunt-in-law now, Marsha. If you guys are listening, I know you guys sometimes do. If Laura Kate does jump into the frozen lake, please videotape it. I want to see this. Uh, I'll post it online for those who care. Just because I think it'll be hilarious. Just would be. I need to see it in my life. Yeah, I mean, I, I I have family members who have done it. I don't get why people do that. It seems insane to me. It's just like if you're gonna swim, swim somewhere where you can do it comfortably. What's right? jumping into ice cold water? What's what's that for? <laughs> so th- that's what's been on my mind this weekend. Okay. It was a weird weekend, so I, I just want to get that out there. You know, you always ask me what's going on. I feel like I gotta give you more than eh, it's good. 
Yeah, okay. no, I, I I appreciate it. It's interesting. Uh, if you didn't know, Don't Cause a Ruckus is a sports debate show that goes live on twitch.tv slash sports every Wednesday, 6 p.m. Pacific time, 9 p.m. Eastern time. You can watch it live, just like Platinum Bear is in the chat. We're here. We're talking. Uh, of course, the show goes up on podcast services and the YouTube the very next day, so you can check it out there. But... We got a whole bunch of sports going on today. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. AJ, World Baseball Classic. Just got wrapped up last night. Championship game last night. U.S. versus Japan ends in one of the the greatest uh, at-bats in the history of baseball, in my opinion. Shohei Otani pitching to Mike Trout. U.S. down by one, bottom of the ninth. And Shohei strikes out teammate Mike Trout. So yeah. not, only, not only does this, in my mind, solidify Shohei Otani's the best baseball player in the history of the sport. Ruthless. Maybe, maybe, maybe the 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 best player at any sport ever. Honestly, that's like, a bold I, is is there anybody who is as good at their sport as Shohei is at his? I mean, that's like a hard metric to like measure, but like. Yeah, I mean, like you can you can easily consider like Floyd Mayweather, like dude's undefeated. Well, okay, he 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 lost in the Olympics. Okay, his professional career he's undefeated, but he does have an L on that on on that streak. But also, like like the the thing about Shohei is is that it's the combination of skills. Nobody is a dominant hitter and a dominant and pitcher. a pitcher. Yeah, this you're, is you're like this open. is like if Lionel Messi was also a top five goalkeeper in the world. <laughs> Like it, the, the the dominance of this guy is insane. It's completely unprecedented. Hundred percent. I think uh, you know. I feel like almost every sport has a arguable goat, if not one, two, uh, and, and that kind of makes it fun to argue. Like with basketball, it's great to debate. You know, LeBron, Kobe, MJ. Uh, who's the greatest? You know, there's people that argue MJ. People from the newer generations who never watched MJ say, you know lebron and then from our generation people a lot of time people argue kobe being bryant but then you go to football terrible, terrible answer. and then <laughs> i'm gonna answer. go i'm gonna say it's mj uh we can argue this later and then you know you got football now we got tom brady you got like peyton manning arguably yeah. you got like, uh, i mean you tom know, brady Steve young again uh, it's tom brady amazing but this is like if tom brady was also you know okay. darrell revis <laughs> so what i'm saying is I think this is one of those few situations where it's great. I think you're right. I think Otani is arguably the best, if not the GOAT of MLB. He's this generation's GOAT. The fact that he's here, he's doing he's what he's scary. doing. Are you like, I, I don't I know mean, for all sports, though. That's the one thing I can't get behind. I can't say that, man. Like, th- there's I mean, a lot it's, it's behind that. It's hard to compare. Uh, Jason Wright calls out Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods doesn't play a sport where he has to actually play like directly oppose somebody he gets to play his own game so it's it that's incredibly different but it's a good answer um dicatrio doesn't 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 like the conversation apparently uh but I let's mean, just get who would you put up as a as a you know comparison to otani than dicatrio who have you seen who who dominates a sport the way that shohei otani does because frankly i can't think of a single comparison to somebody who jason does wright is saying tiger woods yeah uh, I mean, fair. I, I just, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how you can line up golf because there's no, there's no defense in golf, right? 
Well, that's um, the thing. Like, it's hard to do the metrics and like measure them in comparison. Like, people have said that the hardest sport in every sport is arguably boxing. And like, I I can see that. So then you go, for me, that's why I said Mayweather. But it, it's hard to compare the, you know, sport between sports. I think for baseball, Otani, hands down, is the GOAT. As of now, yeah, you could argue Bo Jackson, you know, you can argue uh, Griffey Jr., but I think Otani kind of puts those other two to shame. Like, like, like Jose said, this is one of the few times we agree. It's not often we agree, but this is one of the few times the man is dominant on defense and offense. Pitchers have been known, it is like a stereotype, an archetype that pitchers can't hit. There's literally a position for them in case they can't hit and this man is doing the exact opposite of that he's putting that to shame i i agree with you i think especially with last night and the way it ended you know we've been talking about like in different episodes is the world baseball classic getting to the level of the world cup i still don't think so but this year it brought yet, a no. lot of attention to the the, the sport of baseball and otani showed why he's the ultimate goat in my opinion and i you know, I do agree with you. I, I don't think you can say that he is the greatest athlete over all the sports. I think that's a bold claim, man. Like, I'm I'm not bold. saying he's the I'm not saying he's the greatest athlete across all. I'm just saying I don't think I've ever seen anybody dominate a sport the way Shohei Otani is dominating baseball. I just can't think of a single comparison. Uh, I really enjoyed the, the the World Baseball Cup. I thought it was super entertaining. Um, so some the, the players loved it. Had a great time. It made baseball fun again, which is something baseball hasn't been in quite a while. I will say there are some detractors, and I think we should just get into this now. Following uh, several injuries in the World Baseball Classic, Edwin Diaz, the Mets' uh, all-star reliever, gets hurt celebrating a win on the mound. Uh, Jose Altuve gets hit with a ball, breaks uh, breaks a bone. He's going to be out for a huge chunk of the season. There are people who are extremely upset that the World Baseball Classic happens right before the baseball season. There, people are calling these games meaningless. AJ, do you think that uh, this exciting event is worth the potential injury that these players suffer if you know this event is considered less than you know the MLB? I mean, there's always that question when it comes to like sports outside of the leagues that they play in. You, you know, you get this argument from time to time with the World Cup as well. Like, is it is it worth it? Eventually, it comes down to national pride, nation pride with the World Cup. Like, ultimately, it doesn't mean anything to win the Euro. It doesn't mean anything to win the World Cup, except the fact that your country has pride in the fact that for the next four years, you can brag about it. But you know, to say that it doesn't have any meaning, I think it it, it kind of defeats the purpose of the game. Like you're out there representing your country. That always is something that's meaningful to whatever player that you are, especially like whatever stage that you can to represent your country, put your flag on your chest and say, hey, I am the best at what I do at this sport and I get to represent my where I come from. There's a level of patriotism that you can't really recreate like that. And I think we need to keep that in mind. I think it's a great thing for the sport. Uh, I, I loved the World Baseball Classic. I think it brought energy to baseball. And that's something that we haven't said in a very long time. It's a breath of fresh air. Okay. I got a hot take for you, AJ. Okay. 
people are complaining. They're saying that the World Baseball Classic, these games are meaningless. These players are going out there. They're getting injured in meaningless games. I think that the World Baseball Classic, the games that they're playing, are more meaningful than the MLB games. Because what people are saying is like, oh, well, the Mets, they're paying Edwin Diaz to be out there. They're the ones paying him these millions of dollars, guaranteed contracts to go out there, win a World Series. If yeah. it's about the money, if all you're saying is the games that matter are the ones where you get paid for, the ones that, that you know, these big paychecks come to, then it's not really about the competition. The World Baseball Classic is about competition. It's yeah. about wanting to prove your country, you guys have the best baseball players in the world. And having, I mean, you, I don't, I don't know if you saw this story with, um, oh, I can't think of his name off the top of my head. It's, um, it's a, it's a Latin name, but he's a, he's a Cuban, but he played for Mexico in this year's World Baseball Classic because mm-hmm. he defected from Cuba and went to Mexico and got to play in their minor league system and stuff. And he feels a lot of pride for how well, he was so, treated yeah. in Mexico and wants to play for Mexico. They actually care about playing for these teams. I'm not saying, I don't think that, you know, Edwin Diaz doesn't care if the Mets do really well and he wins a championship with the Mets, but doing it for Puerto Rico, he cares more about that. Shohei Otani said that winning this World Baseball Classic was the best moment in his life. I think that if if you can't enjoy this, if you can't enjoy pure competition, that's all this is about, pure athletic competition, which is what sports is really all about, if you're not enjoying the World Baseball Classic, you don't deserve to enjoy baseball. I think that's yeah, I think that's a fair statement, man. Like, uh, I I remember playing soccer uh, in high school and almost getting all state, and I was like, man, if I can represent my state as a soccer player, that would be amazing. I could only imagine what it would be like to represent your entire nation. Yeah, no, hundred percent, I agree. I think this is a more pure. I, level of competition like you said it's it's not about the money it's about playing your best and showing you're the best and at the end of the day that's as spectators if you truly love the sport like you said if you truly love the sport this is what you're looking for but hey man baseball is not for everybody you know i mean absolutely uh randy rosarena by the way is uh is who the player i was referring to was from uh the mexico team um but yeah, that, that's what it really comes down to, my opinion, is um, yeah. it's about competition. It's about competing. It's not about getting the best contract. It's not about, you know, you should you should enjoy watching competitive athletics just for the sake of competition, not because you want the Mets to do really well. You should be happy for Edwin Diaz if you're a Mets fan. Yeah. Um, speaking of the money, speaking of the money behind sports, AJ, Friend of the show, legitimately friend of the show, Austin Eckler, used to watch, you know, the postgame show we did last year. Uh, yeah, it's a little he, wild that he did. I know, it's crazy. Yeah. But uh, he is looking for a new contract. He says that he doesn't he doesn't hate the charges or anything like that. He's, you know, he's asked to look for trade partners. Um, but he feels a bit disrespected by how much he's getting paid by the Chargers, given how much offense they rely on him in their offensive output. AJ, does Austin Eckler have the right to feel disrespected by his current contract? So, okay. I friend of the show, Austin. I know, I know. So it's hard for me to be like, you know, 
yes, he's being disrespectful when you think about like how much money he makes, like in you know, in perspective to a normal human or like a nurse or a teacher. So normally I would be like, no, he's not criminally underpaid. In fact, he's overpaid because there are so many other people in the world that deserve to get paid just as much. Having said that, in the context of what we're talking about in the NFL, yes, Austin Eckler is arguably one of the best running backs in the entire NFL. He's also on one of the arguably worst teams in the NFL because they're not utilizing him to his strengths he could be better used on many 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 other teams and it would be great uh he was in my opinion the chargers offense last season yeah whenever they needed something he pretty much did it he he was carrying that team on his back single-handedly and i i think he is i wouldn't say criminally underpaid but i would say he's underpaid like the man deserves to go if, if he's not on a winning team he deserves to be getting paid more he deserves to be getting paid like the best running back in the league and uh i think this is a good opportunity for him to find an you know a different home i'm hoping it's someplace that you know has the potential of going to the super bowl winning it all if he's going to get paid equivalent to what he has been if not then the man needs to get paid if he's going to be playing in a similar situation uh i really like if he goes to the Raiders, get that money, man. Get that bag. If you're going to like, you know, the 49ers or you're going to, you know, I don't know, the Bills or the Chiefs or, you know, the Bengals, then, hey, you may need to take it. You know, you, you may need to take a little less. But well, I mean, at the end of the day. Guy- you look at what this guy provides for a team, right? Like last year, yeah. about a thousand yards, almost every year, a thousand yards, about 15 to 20 touchdowns. Like this dude is, he's up there with the Christian McCaffrey's. He's up there with the Saquon Barkley's like he's, he's, um, you know, maybe he's not as big. Maybe he's not, you know, as show off with the muscles as Saquon is. Maybe he's not out there doing these things that, you know, they're showing all over the sports center like Christian McCaffrey is, but the stats are there. He's that guy. And I think he deserves to be paid on the level of these guys. And I I think he cares more about guaranteed money than anything else, which is fair enough for a position that gets, you know, recycled and ran through so often. I mean, I think he's one of the best running backs in the NFL. And I I think that um, the Chargers are disrespecting him because he's more important. He's as important to their offense, at least as Justin Herbert is. I mean, yeah. you you take this guy away, you leave them without Austin Eckler next year. I don't know what that team is going to look like. I don't think they're going to be particularly great um, because he's really what's carrying that team. Yeah. I 100% agree, man. He, like, you know, like I said. Austin Eckler, come on the show. Hey, yeah, if you want to explain to the, the, the people out there why you feel the way you feel, you have an open mic here, Austin. Yeah. Just. Feel, stop on by whenever we'll, we'll make a, a special edition for you we'll call it the uh austin eckler speaks out edition and you can whatever you want we can talk about sports comics what's your favorite candy he's a video game guy i know that hey. he's, he's he's doing all kinds of stuff he, he's a musician now too you see that he started uh playing guitar i did not see that but yeah. i can give him some lessons <laughs> hey call me uh shout out to peanut in the chat uh happy birthday buddy it's his and, birthday uh, tomorrow that's really cool man good thanks for hanging yeah. out with us 
thanks for coming by. Uh, and I have no tribal chief, so there's that. <laughs> You're not going to acknowledge him? No. Uh, if I can see this, this is my issue. If I can predict what's going to happen, I I don't need to acknowledge anybody. Acknowledge me as a great, you know, sports writer, wrestling writer. You know. <laughs> All right, this next topic we got here, AJ, I'm really excited to talk about. Michael Jordan, the great, the greatest of all time, probably. The GOAT, yes, the GOAT. The GOAT, the GOAT. The goat yeah, the proper well, GOAT, yes, yes. Well, he's selling his team, the, the Charlotte Hornets, after um, a disaster of ownership that he, he's, he's, since the Bobcats, you know, this, this, this reign of Michael Jordan as an owner, it's been really, really bad. Uh, AJ should... Jordan's time as an owner as a I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say he's a failure as an owner uh we're talking uh his entire tenure here which is like two decades long three playoff appearances didn't win a single series um should this hurt his legacy as the GOAT uh (laughs) I have so many jokes right now in my head just swimming through my head right now uh no it really it really shouldn't mess with his legacy because if it does then like i I need to be in the hall of fame for owners you know like for the fcf like it brought both teams of mine to the finals both times let's go better than michael jordan's doing on his teams right uh you know this actually this is this is this is a great point aj because fan controlled hoops is coming up right you have a chance right now if you're watching the show you have a chance you can prove that you're better than the goat michael jordan Failure as an owner, didn't get anything done, never won a playoff series. Prove that you're a better owner than Michael Jordan. Come watch the uncontrolled hoops. I think this is a great, like, case study for the FCF right now, or FCSE is the proper word. Uh, Mm. Great case study opportunity they have in front of them. See, they have me, who's led two teams to two playoff appearances, and then they have Michael Jordan. NBA legend, GOAT, horrible owner. Bring him on as an owner of one team. Put me on as an owner of the same team and see if we can even it out. Or even better, put us on opposite teams, see who overall gets the better, like, you know, record. Then we'll see who's a better businessman. I think Vegas odds are against me, but, you know, a smart man, smart man would bet on me. Just saying. Well, you, well, you know, AJ, there's another owner here who's actually won a championship as an owner. So, I mean,. Hey, you won one. Fair. I, I I give it to you. That was a good win. You you pulled it out in the end. But your follow up season not not the best. Got got close. Got close. Close, but no cigar. All right. There's always next year. You can try you again. You you can't win them all, AJ. But you're trying to lose True. them all. Hey, <laughs> I I have more playoff and finals appearances. As an owner, than Michael Jordan does, and I will take that to the bank. Yeah, no, fair enough. You, you, you can't, you can't hate on that. But this, I, I do personally think that if this should, this won't reflect badly on Michael Jordan. It won't. No. his his time as an owner. But it, I think it kind of should, because if you if you think about it, him as an owner should mean something. This is the best basketball player of all time. Why doesn't that translate in his ability to scout talent? Why does no? Why do they never sign free agents? Shouldn't players want to come play for Michael Jordan? Why did this go so badly? 
honestly, I think it went badly because he didn't have Scottie Pippen along the the way to help him out. <laughs> he needs Scottie Pippen as the general manager. Yeah, because come on, like you know, I saw this the other day, uh, and it kind of made sense to me. Scotty Michael Jordan without Scotty Pippen was not great. All his like final failures were before Scotty. After Scotty, that's when he did well. And then when he was on the Wizards, no Scotty doesn't do well. Okay, well, I mean, there's some other factors there. Yeah, hundred percent. You got Phil Jackson, who's one of the best coaches of all NBA history, alongside of you. But you know, you got. I think there needs to be more of an argument on instead of goats. Dynamic duos, because you got to think about it. Even, you know, LeBron always had a good backup. He had D-Wade in Miami. He had Kyrie in Cleveland. Like, same thing with uh, with Golden State. There was always the, the, the Splash Bros. It, it's not a one-man team. I think we need to start looking at the NBA from a different lens and different perspective instead of it just being, oh, it's these superstars leading the team i think it's these dynamic duos that are leading the teams i think for the most i mean there's obviously the exceptions there your hakeem elijah wands your Fair. uh but are those dynasties though you know those are usually one and dones rockets went back to back with with hakeem Fair. but Fair. i mean yeah. but i mean it was in the the two years where michael jordan was retired so you know little asterisk there no it's yep. it's hard basketball it's you can't win by your, yourself in basketball that's it's it's true a lot of people hold it against uh players like lebron james for instance you, it's hard to win by yourself it, it's a team sport absolutely um but you know you have to be able to build a team and michael jordan was never able to build a team as an owner and it's it's just it's strange that you know because michael michael jordan publicly railed against the bulls ownerships railed yep. against the bulls general manager that they didn't know how to build a team that they were doing all this stuff they were ruining his team all this you know and then he gets a team and he's never not even close to as successful not even in the same galaxy as the chicago bulls um i think it goes to show like the, these are different skill sets yeah players 100%. ownership management and you know what? If if you've got the skill sets, fan controlled hoops, it's coming up. But see, that's the point that I, I like. You got to make though to get back to your question at the beginning. Should it affect his legacy as far as like being the goat? And like you just said, there's different skill sets. So in my opinion, I don't think this should affect the goat conversation at all. The man was different. I I, I think he's still one of the the. I think he's the best NBA okay. player. So here out. here's the deal. LeBron James is going to own a team when he's done, right? When he retires, he's so? going to own a he's going to own a basketball team. He, what team? he guaranteed. Think he's gonna own I, team, I, uh, I think Cavs? that there's gonna I think there's gonna be expansion team. He might own a team in Vegas. He might, you know, he'll probably go on to one of these teams. The maybe maybe he'll end up getting in with, you know, a previous team like the Cavs or maybe Miami. Miami offered, you know, Dwayne Wade potential ownership. I don't know if the, that burn that bridge is burnt there. But if LeBron probably. wins one as an owner. No, doesn't change the debate, man. I think it does. I think it changes the debate quite a bit. You think? Are you are you going to cite the the argument? You you really think that LeBron's the goat over MJ? I think LeBron's a better basketball player. I think greatest extends beyond just play on the basketball court. I think it goes into a lot of things. I think you know the fact that I can picture 
90% of Jordan's, you know, shoe catalog in my head that he's got the logo that he's got space jam. He's got all this stuff. I think that that's what makes Michael Jordan greater than LeBron. Well, James. LeBron he James is the, has space. He jam is the, too. yeah, but his space jam is really bad. Michael's is Michael's was good. Um, the way Michael embodies basketball, I think he's the greatest basketball player of all time, but one-on-one LeBron's going to destroy him. LeBron's taller than him. He's stronger than him. He's a better shot maker than him. He's a better passer. I mean, he's not, I, I think defense is really the only area that Mike really had on him as far as. See, I, I disagree, man. I don't, I think LeBron is a better driver to the paint. I think Michael's a better shooter. He's more clutch. He, look at look at their three point numbers and tell me that Michael Jordan is a better shooter than LeBron James. It's a different game though. You have to think of it from like the like mentality standpoint. In the nineties and then like late eighties, the game was in the paint. It was in the mid lane. Yeah. You got to look at his like mid range shot compared to LeBron, who doesn't even have a mid lane mid range shot. Excuse me. Because mid range shots are bad. It's the well, worst it's thing that different- you can have as a skill. Now, Dri- yes, no, no, now, period. It always has been. Driving to the paint has always been better. Shooting from three, as long as there's been a three point arc, it's always been better. Now. But the game, the, is, di- the, the game, game is the game played is played differently. And so, I mean, the emphasis isn't on three point. Sh- the emphasis now is on three point shot. Where back in the day, it was getting into the paint, getting the easy shot, making sure you get that dunk in. So. Had had there been an emphasis on three point as heavily as there is now, I think Michael Jordan would have had a better shot, man. Genuinely. No, that's just it's 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 just not true. Agree to disagree. All right. You're like, no, I'm not going to do it. No, uh, he I, I, I just no, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> All right. Let's keep talking basketball because March Madness, obviously, it's going on right now. And I got to tell you, AJ, uh, I don't really care about this men's tournament. No, it's, I don't either. Um, to I, a point where I really messed up yesterday. I did research and it was like best upsets. And I did best upsets 2023. They <laughs> just gave me best upsets of all time. And I'm like, all right, yeah, I look like a dumbass. Yeah, I haven't really found this men's tournament to be particularly interesting. Uh, other than the first week where we saw a couple huge upsets, there just hasn't been that much to grab my attention. Now, the women's tournament, on the other hand, I think has been amazing. Uh, it's really good basketball. Been enjoying it. Caitlin Clark's been, you know, doing what I thought she would do, which is absolutely tear up this tournament. She's playing extremely well. I don't know if you saw Destiny Harden uh, for Miami pull up a huge upset last night. Gave one of the best quotes I've heard since Geno Smith's uh, I didn't write back, though. Did you see this clip? No. She's given a post game. It. She's on ESPN talking yeah. in this post game. She makes this huge clutch shot at the end of this game to, you know, put the nail in the coffin. Right. And they, she says that her coach told her to uh, face up and win the effing game. And she didn't say effing. And it was, it was stone cold. It was super cool. Dropped it on live TV. It's the best. And that's going to be in my lexicon forever now. I'm going to tell people face up, win the effing game. That's great. No, uh, I kind of agree. The women's tournament's been like, more fun it's been more drama filled honestly did you see the louisville texas game did you see how that ended no no i did not so it was it was a close game but my favorite part what came after the match where there was an altercation between the two like two women when they were going to say like yo good game good game good game and it was like uh i think it was a texas player getting mad at louisville because they got the upset 
And uh, at one point, she was just holding up the line, talking trash into some girl's ear. She's like, all right, all right. And then just high fives her and leaves. And I'm like, no, that's what I'm talking about. I love it. You know, it's great to see, like, the women's tournament getting attention. I love to see chippiness from either side. And it's great. When the when there's emotion, passion on the line, when people are getting into it and it's getting going out after the game, I love it. I love to see it. Keep that up. Keep that energy. Yeah, I love it. Absolutely. Um, yeah, this is it's been fun. This is the most upsets that a women's tournament has had in like two decades. It's been really, really great. So I'm going to keep watching that. Obviously, we're entering the Sweet 16, which means... You know, World Baseball Classic's over now. Going to be watching a lot more college basketball. So we'll be talking more about this as we keep going on. We'll talk about it next week. Uh, last uh, of the news topics that we have. Andy Kaufman, legendary comedian, uh, is finally being inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. People have been asking for this for a very, very long time. It, I really genuinely never thought this would happen. I didn't think that the WWE would ever let this happen. AJ, it seems like you got some opinions. What do you What do you think? No, no, I want to hear your opinions first. You think you you're excited about this, clearly. Yes. This is okay. I, th- I tell, genuinely tell me why. I think this is one of the greatest wrestling angles in the history of professional wrestling. This and Andy Kaufman versus Jerry Lawler. If people don't know the history of this, Andy Kaufman, comedian, he was on SNL, he was on Taxi, really famous comedian, super weird dude. Uh, he decided he wanted to, uh, he's a huge wrestling fan. He wanted to get into the world of professional wrestling and he did it by uh, wrestling women. Uh, he, he, yeah. he became the, the wrestling women. He became the, uh, the intergender women's wrestling world champion. It was, you know, he did this in like mid South wrestling at the peak of Jerry wrestling, Jerry Lawler's the king of king of wrestling, like his peak. You probably know Jerry Lawler from being on the Raw commentary for so long, but there was a time that he was one of like the three most popular wrestlers in the in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, Jerry Lawler got really upset with Andy Kaufman, gave him a pile driver, which uh, I know that's very tame these days, just a pile driver. But this is back, you know, the pile driver was banned, all this stuff. People had allegedly died from the pile driver, and then they they go on Johnny Carson. Andy Andy Kaufman's got a neck brace on, like he's been to the hospital for all this time. He starts talking shit to Jerry Lawler. Jerry Lawler Jerry Lawler slaps him out of his chair on live TV. It's one of the greatest wrestling angles of all time because this is back when people really people didn't know that this wasn't real. And really, it felt like a lot of people didn't know until Jerry Lawler very recently was talking about how much he and Andy Kaufman were friends. And how much they really, really enjoyed working together because Andy Kaufman obviously, you know, died quite young. Um, but this, it's, it's one of the things that this is a, the epitome of what I think wrestling can be really, really great at, or at least used to be, because it, it felt real. And Andy Kaufman, you know, as a celebrity, incredibly committed to the sport in a way that not a lot of guys are. I mean, look, Logan Paul, he looks great in the ring, but he's, he's not good at the other half of it, in my opinion. Andy Kaufman was perfect at it. He really, really cared. He really wanted to, he dedicated himself to being the bad guy wrestler. And he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. It's awesome. You know, see, this is where we disagree. And uh, it's not because it's Andy Coffin. It's more because he follows a long line of people being inducted into the uh, WWE Hall of Fame. 
that don't deserve to be, including former President Trump and a long line of other celebrities that just came in as bits and angles and don't truly represent the sport of wrestling or sport entertainment of wrestling. Now, I know a lot of people are going to be like, well, wrestling's not really a sport, it's entertainment. Yeah, true. But to me, the people that deserve to be in the WWE Hall of Fame or like wrestling Hall of Fame are the people that put their bodies on the line, the people that have died, the people that actually go out there night in, night out, and really potentially like put themselves on the line of getting really hurt. And I appreciate what Andy Kaufman did at the time to bring wrestling to the forefront of media and bring attention to it. I think it's great. He deserves an honor, maybe a Vanguard Award or something. Sure. But to be inducted alongside other wrestlers, I think it's a slap in the face of wrestlers. I, I feel like that with a lot of people that have been inducted into the Hall of Fame. Like I said, including former look, president. I, I, like, look, I can say that there are other guys who I you'll probably agree with. Uh, William Shatner, I believe, is in the WWE yeah, Hall another of Fame. One, that yeah, probably doesn't not deserve there. it. But I mean, no, Andy Kaufman was out there taking bumps, man. He Jerry Lawler gave the dude a pile driver. Okay, a pile like, driver is not a real bump, man. Let me tell you something. That's not a real bump. I've taken a pile driver. Tell that to Steve Austin. Hard. Come on, Steve Austin. Ah, I love Stone Cold, but man did not want to take bumps. Because Owen Hart broke his neck with a pile driver. <laughs> Owen Hart should not. Okay, if you know how to do the move correctly, it shouldn't hurt anybody. I'm just saying. No wrestling move should hurt anybody, but they're all dangerous. Just saying, one bump does not equate Hall of Fame, in my opinion. It's not. I mean, look, wrestling has always dabbled in celebrity. It's what the sport yeah. is. It requires occasionally the, the great, the, the greatest wrestling matches of all time. Genuinely, the ones that people remember, the ones that belong in the Hall of Fame all have celebrity involvement to an extent. WrestleMania doesn't exist without Mr. T. That's it doesn't true. it doesn't exist without Richard Belzer. Their wrestling probably dies without celebrity endorsements in the early days. The rock and wrestling connection with Cindy Lauper. It's celebrities have always been deeply rooted in wrestling as it but went. But do you national. think Cindy do you think Cindy Lauper deserves to be in the Hall of Fame though? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. Really? The the war to set a little score and the brawl to end it all are they're literally like the highest rated wrestling programs of all time. Not even close. I mean, I don't know. I just think I I think there needs to be a separate category for people who have helped the wrestling, like you know, the sport of wrestling continue and grow. Sure. Give them their own category, but don't honor them alongside of it. Like you can, but give them a different award, man. Like do something different. Like, I don't know. It just feels wrong. Like it feels like you got to do it beforehand or like, you know, during do the you, red carpet speech. I don't know. It just feels do you wrong. Think owners uh, or general managers deserve to be in sports hall of fames. No, I don't like general managers. Sure. General managers are one thing. Owners. No, no, I don't. Cause like, man, you're really not doing it's, much. It's not you're just the getting baseball. the people together. 
It's not the wrestler Hall of Fame. It's the WWE Hall of Fame. I know, but it's just like it is the rep- the thing is that WWE represents like wrestling as a whole. They are the equivalent to the NFL is like the highest echelon for football. The WWE arguably is the highest echelon for wrestling. And I hate that. I really do. Like I I wish it was uh, we could say that, you know, AEW is alongside of that, but it's not. It hasn't been here as long as WWE. WWE has been here for like multiple decades and it, it, it's it's something that we have to understand and realize, but at the same time they also need to hold themselves to a higher standard. They cannot be just throwing these awards out willy-nilly and they should be honoring people that move wrestling and the sport of wrestling as a whole forward, not just WWE, even though it's going to be always just WWE. Let's be honest here. Let's be real. But like, it shouldn't be, you know? I, I, I look, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying everybody who's ever been involved in a WWE show needs to be in the Hall of Fame. But I am saying, and, th- and actually this is, this is because Andy Kaufman never wrestled in the WWE. He didn't wrestle in the WWF no, he either. He wrestled in Mid-South Wrestling exactly it was back in the day okay so this this it's, is did south even get owned like and like they all did like, they all they, they got all owned. just got wrapped up yeah okay <laughs> yeah because that's, that's, that's how jerry lawler yeah. that's how jerry lawler ended up there but uh this is this is honoring a very significant time from wrestling's past and i'll just say it right now you go ask jim Cornette. you go ask jerry lawler you ask any of these old guys does Andy Kaufman deserve to be in the WD Hall of Fame? They're all going to tell you yes. Yeah. Right up there with the Rock and Roll Express. Right up there with uh, Chavo Guerrero Sr. He's as important to the sport as any of them were. That's a bold claim, sir, and I disagree wholeheartedly. I really do. I'm sorry. I, just I, don't, can't I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. I'm, I'm, I'm stating facts here. These are not opinions. Ah, uh, no, they're, they're you can how state often, them as facts, their opinions. Come how, on, how often was a wrestler getting on Johnny Carson back in the day? This Not this often. angle, this angle Broad is the choice, reason yeah. the reason that Jerry Lawler became the lead announcer on Monday Night Raw in the WWE for decades because of the the fame that he got from this angle. This is it's one of the most important things in in American wrestling. Indisputable. I mean, I'm disputing it. So okay, we're going to off the top three. <laughs> this is the game we play every single week. AJ and I are going to make top three lists off the top of our head. I've got a topic for AJ. AJ's got a topic for me. Neither of us know what the topics are. AJ, you want to go first? Or you want me to give you yours? Uh, you give me, you give me mine. I AJ. Top three celebrities who deserve to be in the WWE Hall of Fame. God, you, you, you just, you just wanted me to like say this just because you knew it was going to upset me. Um, Give me three. Dennis Rodman. Okay. Uh, number one for me, Dennis Rodman, uh, just because of Rodzilla and the NWO. Yeah, no, uh, those, those were, those were great angles. Falls under everything. So uh, that, um, David Arquette. He killed WCW. <laughs> David Arquette deserves it. You know why? Because he was the heavyweight WCW heavyweight champion. All right. He destroyed the company. He 100% did. Uh, but 
have you seen his documentary? Um, I didn't watch it. I saw the trailers when it was coming out. It did look interesting. It's on Hulu. If you have Hulu and you have like some time, I I recommend it honestly because, bro, there is a scene in there that is heartbreaking. Like uh, Scott Bakula. I don't know if you know who. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's like good friends with uh, David Arquette. And there's uh, like the whole documentary basically is like David Arquette's like really upset because of exactly what you said fans yell at him for killing wcw and like ending wcw so he's like i gotta make it up i'm gonna do it the right way i'm gonna go through like indie wrestling and like earn my stripes as a wrestler and he does it like and he does hardcore matches there's like i'm not gonna give away everything but there's one hardcore match where he gets really messed up like really messed up and Scott Bakula is there because he's like his really good friend and he rushes him to the hospital. And like, this is like right before he dies. Like it is one of the last times he, I think it's the last time he's ever filmed like on a wow. camera. And man, it is really, really, it's like sad because he's like worried. He's also like thinks that he's going to like uh, David Arquette's going to die yeah it's 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 messy it's it's interesting um snoop dog last one snoop dog why because he's done a couple wrestling things he introduced uh him and shaquille o'neal introduced uh oh what's her name jade that's in the aew right now who's like 53 and oh uh oh uh jade cargill jade cargill yeah so and Those he's two, um, like, isn't he Sasha Banks's cousin? Yeah, he's Sasha Banks's cousin too. So like, yeah. Snoop Dogg was also uh, Cameron Diaz's drug dealer, weed dealer when they were in high yeah. school. So like, S- Snoop Dogg is officially at the point in him, in his life where he's doing side quests, man. Like he's he's done with the main quests. He's done it all. He's on side quests. He's hanging out with Martha Stewart. He's doing. You see him on like ice truck you know ice truckers or like you know deep sea fishing dude is on side quests man he finished the game a long time ago good for him he deserves yeah okay what do you got for me (sighs) ah okay have you have you been watching daisy jones and the six no i haven't my my grandmother did i'm aware of the book okay uh, but i have not watched it so for those of you who haven't watched it, it's like a TV show on Amazon Prime right now. Uh, it's loosely based off of Fleetwood Mac. And I love it. I think it's a good show, uh, especially from somebody who's a musician. I talked about this yesterday on the Info Arcade. But for me as a musician, like there's just so much realness into it. And I, I, I really love it. I, I'll be real with you guys. I've written a, like a screenplay based off of my time as a musician. And it makes me actually feel like people would like it. I just wrote it to like deal with some stuff emotionally, but this, this show made me realize people would really like it. So uh, my question would be three bands that you'd want to see a documentary movie TV show. That's loosely based off of them. Okay. Um, Let me get Nirvana. Oh, that'd be a great one. Yeah. Um, Black Flag. 
uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the history of Black Flag, but it's super interesting. And then, um, you know what? Fugazi. Uh, give Give me the story of, you know, Minor Threat getting together, starting the straight edge scene, breaking up, then they go create emo, and then they make uh fugazi which is one of legitimately i think one of the most interesting bands of all time just like super uh dedicated to their beliefs um yeah they have a hard set rules that they will never break Dude, they're um, a little nuts yeah they, they're 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 really really uh weird dudes but they're really yeah. really interesting i think it'd make a great movie uh funny story uh we had these like i went to a weird high school but uh they were very much like you want to learn something feel free to learn it but we're gonna like make you write a ton of papers on it so one of like my final papers of like junior year senior year in high school uh i ended up writing about the straight edge movement and okay that is one of the weirdest most interesting stories and histories of the like any music scene i think that i've ever studied but yeah 100 percent fugazi is like one of the most passionate crazy bands that i've ever had the pleasure of like studying yeah so. they're they're super in, and especially like that the music scene at that time like all these oh, bands dude. like the replacements and Husker do like just showing up and getting like trashed before their shows and then like and they're like minor nah. threats there and they're just like we don't drink we don't do yeah. drugs <laughs> we just play really really loud and really really fast yeah it's it was a it was a crazy thing to do at the time, but you kind of have to respect them for like yeah. To their it's gun. it's um it's one of the things about like punk that can be really really interesting because you think like punk's like oh yeah we're just gonna get trashed and we don't care about anything and they're like we're punk and we have very specific rules and we follow them with a a, a degree that is uh, unreasonable. Well, so that's kind of the cool thing, like, at least from my perspective, is like, I studied a lot of like the music history before I entered the music industry. And like, to see the influences that like bands like that had on the industry now where people still get fucked, like messed up. All right. People still go do drugs, get drunk, do like, I'm gonna be real. Warp Tour, one of the coolest, funniest things about Warp Tour was uh, one of the things they provided to every band was a case of water every day and a like 20 rack of beer every day. <laughs> like literally, nice. you had to go pick it up, but they gave you a free 20 rack, rack of beer and a free like uh, thing of water. And it was great. But the thing that I really commend about the music industry as a whole is if you were straight edge or if you didn't want to do something people really didn't judge you. And I think it really stemmed from the days and like the bands that were very much leaders of the straight edge movement. Like it's not something where like people judge other people for doing drugs or judge them for not doing drugs. It's more like, Hey, you want to do this? No. Cool. We're going to do it. You can do your own thing. We can all hang out together kind of situation. If you're uncomfortable, just remove yourself from the situation. So to see stuff like that, I think it's cool. I also think that the the punk community as a whole is very much like, hey, it's the mentality of like the golden rule in the pit. If you see somebody get knocked down, pick, pick them, them back up. up. It, it's the same thing throughout the rest of life, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I really I recommend there's this really great book called My Band, Our Band Could Be Your Life by Michael Azarad about like the uh, 
the 80s alternative music scene and it covers a bunch of bands like black flag like who's do the replacements all these guys um just make that like a tv series and i'll, I'll watch it I mean, you can give it like 20 seasons just do that just give me that but uh yeah i recommend it if you if you're interested in, in uh, the early days of punk or well 80s punk so like the mid days of punk but uh yeah great book people should check it out yeah, uh, that's going to wrap it up for this week's Don't Cause a Ruckus. Uh, thanks for stopping by. If you didn't know, the show goes live on twitch.tv slash fancontrolsports every Wednesday, 6 p.m. Pacific time, 9 p.m. Eastern time. It also goes up on podcast services and the YouTube the next day. Just check out the Fan Controlled feed for all this and a bunch of other really cool shows. Uh, but until next time, keep the ruckus to a minimum. Peace. Still alive. <laughs> Still alive, Jim. Still alive. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, um, what else you want to talk about? I don't know. Uh, we can. We, we'll just talk till Jim takes us yeah. off. Uh, roll the credits. Uh, <laughs> I saw Shazam last night. That was. Uh, oh yeah. What'd you think of it? It was actually not bad. It was better than I was expecting. Uh, not a lot of people, but. Yeah. You know, I think I'm going to say it like this. I think it provided a great segue and a bridge to what the Flashpoint movie is going to be, which okay. makes me kind of excited that they're bridging, you know, the Zack Snyderverse and everything that DC made beforehand into what will be the DCU. So like the DCEU bridging into the DCU, which is everything I wanted the Flashpoint movie to be. So I'm glad they're like setting it okay. up like that. Yeah, that's cool. But uh, I, I do see everybody being upset at James Gunn for putting his wife in everything because she is in everything. She even showed up in Shazam, which I was like, why? Well, zombie does that too. I don't know. I'm okay with it. But like, her character doesn't need to be in everything. <laughs> like, it's, you're pushing it now. It's, it's a little done. All right, well... Right. Well, until yeah. next time, keep the rest of the Peace. This has been a presentation of the Fan Controlled Sports and Entertainment Podcast Network. If you'd like to create a podcast or live stream show with us, please reach out at content at fcf.io.